check yourself. It's self-care on Extra Loud Mornings with Nicole De Silva. As I mentioned a little earlier, we're talking about PrEP, P-R-E-P, and P-E-P, medicine for HIV pre- prevention. Um, having a look at how we can just take better care of ourselves in every single way. Uh, what are the misconceptions? What is the best practice for using these? So joining us um, again, actually on the show, we've got Dr. Jure Safantine, sexual health doctor and head of my sexual health Pretoria. So glad we didn't chase you away, Doc. Glad you came back for more. <laughs> Thank you. Lovely being back. I really love the show. Oh, thanks. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's a wild time to be alive now. And I think we, we've heard in the news that a lot of people have neglected going for their medications, getting tested for uh, all kinds of important things, cancers, uh, diabetes, because of COVID. Have you found that when it comes to HIV prevention or testing that this has also gone down because of COVID? Yes, definitely. So we've seen it across the board. And I think specifically in South Africa, we, we really have massive, massive numbers of people living with HIV. Mm-hmm. Um, fear of getting out during lockdown. You're not sure um, where to go. So COVID has definitely been a massive um a restrictive method or a restriction to, for people to get tested. And in my practice, where I treat people living with HIV, um, I've had patients that come in now and looking back on the diary, I haven't seen them for over seen them for over a year because they just didn't go for the blood test, they didn't follow up. Um, so it's not only getting tested, but also those infected with HIV, they neglected their follow ups as well. But I mean, it, it absolutely makes sense because it's a it's a considered a comorbidity, right? That's the first thing people say is like, when you find out that somebody has COVID, they're like, oh, do they have something else? Because it makes them yeah. more, HIV is definitely one of those things because it affects your immune system. So we initially, I think that's why people were so worried about um, the COVID pandemic and what's going to happen when it hits South Africa yes. because of the HIV burden. But interesting enough, um, it's not as bad as we thought. So the wow. comorbidities that we are more um, worried about when it comes to COVID is diabetes and um, obesity, actually. Wow. So um, one of my friends, uh, she is working in um, in Cape Town in an ICU setting there, a COVID ICU, and she said the people that passed away was really um, diabetics and um, obesity patients, not those living with HIV. So although your immune system takes a toll and takes a knock when you're infected with HIV, if you're on treatment and um, you are well controlled and managing it, then it's not the massive, that big problem. Sure. Okay, that's good to know. I mean, I I also have an autoimmune disorder. My immune system is compromised, and it's it was it's a it's been a very big fear. Probably yeah. one of the reasons why there's so much anxiety in my body right now. But <laughs> thank you. That's that's I suppose on some level it's it's good to know. But I think for for a lot of us, we're just trying to be very cautious. Um, Doc, I think let's just to get back on topic specifically about HIV. What the heck is PREP and PEP, and how do they work? Okay, so firstly, PEP or PEP, as they talk about it, um, is post-exposure prophylaxis. So, uh, and PRP is PrEP, and that's pre-exposure prophylaxis. Uh, okay. So, both of them are regarded as um, very successful and good HIV prevention strategies. But the post-exposure prophylaxis, you should see that as the emergency step. So, that is where 
you got exposed to HIV or you think you might have been exposed and then it's an emergency situation, you want to take post-exposure prophylaxis as soon as possible to prevent infection. Where PRP or PrEP is pre-exposure prophylaxis. So you take it continuously in anticipation of getting um, exposed. So that's a continuous thing. And while you think you're exposed, and the post-exposure prophylaxis is where you take ARVs after the exposure for 28 days, and it's um, advised to take it as soon as possible. Um, You can take it up to 72 hours after the exposure, but the earlier you take it, the better. And this is, I suppose, why it's important to also know your status and, and be and share your status with those around Definitely. you so that they know what they need to do in order to yeah. protect. Um, how much protection does it offer? Like the, the both of them, the PREP and the PEP. I know you said the, uh, the PEP is sort of like a last resort. Yeah. Um, but is it like, if, I know if I take it within the time frame, 100% no chance of getting HIV. Okay, so um, unfortunately there's no prevention strategy that's been shown to be 100% reliable um, to prevent HIV. And the difficulty with post-exposure prophylaxis is we don't have good um, research or data that can measure the efficacy because we cannot expose people to HIV and say, okay, you take post-exposure prophylaxis and you take uh... um, take a placebo. That's very unethical to expose someone to HIV and then not give them ARV. So um, the studies that's been done on post-exposure prophylaxis are observational studies. So over years, we've collected data to look at, okay, so these people were exposed, they took um, post-exposure prophylaxis and what was the outcome. And it suggests that depending on which studies you look at, but it gives really reliable um, and very effective uh, means of protection. So the efficacy of post-exposure prophylaxis is definitely more than 95%. And with regards to the PrEP or the um, PREP, the protection it gives you also, it depends on the compliance. So the studies that's been done, um, the initial studies didn't look, uh, didn't um, show a very good efficacy rate. But later on, they realised that the ladies didn't take the post after prep. Oh. So if you take it, it's very, very effective. So it will prevent HIV with up to ninety eight percent if you take mm. it. Oh, that's amazing. That's okay. Yeah. All right, so good, good numbers there. Um, and who would you suggest should be? should be taking these these drugs? Who should be on it and who should maybe find alternatives? Okay, so anyone that's at risk of getting HIV should know about these um, prevention strategies. So that is um, people have unprotected sex, um, serocon, um, discordant couples where your, your um, partner is infected and you are not, but in the beginning of the time. So if your partner is infected with HIV and their viral load is undetectable, then that partner cannot transmit the virus. So then there's no added benefit in taking PEP or PrEP. So before your um, partner's viral load is undetectable, you should take extra precautions and um, rather be on pre-exposure prophylaxis. Um, I actually think that everyone should that's at risk of HIV should be on pre-exposure prophylaxis. In South Africa, that's um, young women, teenagers, adolescent girls, um, where men who have sex with men, regardless of how they identify, receptive anal intercourse is a massive risk factor of contracting HIV. So if you're at risk of contracting HIV, you should be on PrEP. Mm-hmm. And then like I mentioned earlier, the post-exposure prophylaxis is an emergency situation where you haven't been on um, PrEP and you had a risky encounter 
or for instance, in the medical field, if I prick myself with a needle um, that I use on someone and I don't know that status um, and I can't test that person, I would definitely take post-exposure prophylaxis. I think also one of the sad realities in this country is that we've got such a high rape incident rate that it's one of the first things that you've got to look at doing. 100%. 100%. Um, Is it it possible that you can become resistant? I mean, you mentioned quite a few groups of people there who should be taking it all the time. But are you not going to then become resistant and then your body's like, yeah, whatever, doesn't use it anymore? Uh, So the most important thing to understand is it's not your body that becomes resistant to the ARVs. It's Uh, the 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 virus virus itself. It's HIV that becomes um, resistant. So if you don't have HIV and the medication is effective, then you are not going to develop resistance. There's no virus to develop Mm. resistance. The resistance comes um, into play when you get infected while you are on PrEP, for instance because then you are only on two ARVs. And when we treat HIV, we always use a combination of three drugs to prevent resistance. So if you don't have enough ARVs on board, then the virus is going to change to a point where it says, okay, stuff it, Um, this is not working anymore. So it's the virus that changes, not your body that becomes um, resistant. So it's it's, uh, the other way around, actually, that most people think. Doc, so thanks so much for staying on the line. We do have a few questions. Um, The one, uh, should every sexually active person be taking PREP, PrEP, the pre, what do you call it? The pre-exposure prophylaxis. And are there any long-term effects for taking it every day? Yeah, okay, so that's a very good question. It is. So I think it depends on your situation. If you're in a monogamous relationship and you uh, know your partner's status, then there's no added benefits of taking PrEP. So PrEP is designed for high-risk individuals. But um, for, um, we spoke about it earlier. In South Africa, we've got such a high burden of HIV. I think the the risk is always high in South yeah, Africa because yeah. you just never know. Yeah. But the short of the long is it's designed or the studies have been shown to prevent HIV in high-risk situations. So if we look at the risky situations in South Africa, it is um, teenage and adolescent and young women. The problem there is they often get coerced into sexual activity and there's a power play and they can't control condom use. So that's a risky situation. Men who have sex with men um, are at high risk. And if you're in a polygamous relationship or open relationship, then definitely Mm -hmm. um, you should take PrEP. Now, the follow-up question on that, what is the long-term complications or risks um, on taking PrEP? So in South Africa, we use a combination, well, actually across the world, we use a combination of two ARVs as PrEP. The one is emtricitabine and the other one is tenofovir. Now, tenofovir is the one that potentially has problems um, the longer you take it. It can cause um, kidney problems, mm. and over long-term use, it can affect your bone, um, density. bone mineral density. Mm. So your density of the bones de- decrease, but the kidneys are the major um, problem that we see. Mm. I just got a message from someone saying, yeah, that's all good and well, but you actually don't know if your, your partner is being monogamous or not because they could exactly. easily just be lying to you. So maybe just take the PrEP. If, you, if you're concerned, yeah. then just take the PrEP. Condom use while PrEP, uh, while using PrEP, is it necessary? I mean, if you... Condoms are yes. supposed to help with other things as well, not necessarily just HIV AIDS. Exactly. So yeah. we've definitely definitely seen um, an increase in other sexual transmitted infections sure. um, after um, PrEP has been registered because people 
I mean, they get just, the term is condom fatigue. They don't want to use condoms anymore. And they were almost forced to use condoms because of this HIV thing going on. And now we've got other protection methods like the PrEP and people are not using condoms. And we see more syphilis, hepatitis, chlamydia, gonorrhea. So the other infections are still there. And PrEP is not going to protect you against those. So Mm. I always advise my patients to use dual protection. So prevent HIV with PrEP or whatever method you're using, but add condoms to protect yourself against the other infections as well. There you go. There's your answer. Um, I've got a, a voice note sent in as well. Let's have a look-see over here. Um, so my question is in terms of a prevention. So I recently took emergency uh, prevention, um, but the doctor did say that this is something that is not proven uh, to be effective. Um, this is something that they usually use for for healthcare workers in terms of needle pricks and when they are exposed to say small amounts or small dosage of blood. Um, but he did say that there is no accuracy about it. Um, it is not accurate in whatsoever. So my question to you is how do I know in terms of how long do I wait until I have to retest to know if I was infected or not? Sure. Thank you. Okay, so I just want to make sure I got that question. The question is, how after completing the emergency prophylaxis should one test again? Yes. So how okay. Lo- yeah. So firstly is, we test before you start with a um, post-exposure prophylaxis because we want to have a baseline um, status. Yes. So obviously if you're infected, we're not going to take um, post-exposure prophylaxis. We'll rather um, start with treatment. If it's negative, we start with post-exposure prophylaxis and then you repeat six weeks after the exposure and again at three months. Okay, so six weeks and then three months, I think is the answer yeah. that, that yeah. you was looking for. Doc, that's, I mean, I think that's where we can leave it. That's been amazing. Um, thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll mo- definitely be chatting to you again, probably <laughs> about something related to sexual health. If someone wants to get in touch with you or find out more, how do they do that? Um, so they can find me on my website, drjedaisatfontaine.ca.za. Um, the spelling might be a problem for most people. So mysexualhealth.ca.za is our major big Facebook page, uh, um, website. We're very active on Facebook and Instagram as well. So, yeah, just Google. Beautiful. Doc, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's Dr. Gervais Salfantine, sexual health doctor and head of My Sexual Health Pretoria. Don't forget, if you're looking for um, this whole interview and other similar, jump onto catch up, 5fm.co.za. Look for Extra Loud Mornings. You'll find it there. Make sure to check yourself. Self-care on Extra Loud Mornings.